0: As you're seated, take your Bibles, please, and find First Timothy chapter five, verse seventeen. We'll be there in just a little bit. Well, last Sunday our search team announced that this next Sunday They'll be bringing before us the man that they have found, that they unanimously feel is the person who's going to be our next pastor. And we're excited about that. I hope you'll be praying about that. They're going to share with us at the end of the service some more about how you'll get to actually meet him during the week and get to know him just a little bit. But uh, I just have to say this. I've got to take a moment to say this. It's been a joy for me to coach your search team Uh, to come alongside them, to help them, to pray with them, to partner with them. And it's just been a delight. I've fallen so deeply in love with them. And God has worked mightily in that whole process. So as we're facing this, my role uh, for you is about to change. Uh, you called me back not quite a year ago uh, to come here and to be your transitional pastor to prepare the church, prepare the individuals, to help the search team as we get ready for the new pastor that God is bringing here to us. And if indeed you choose that next week, then uh, there'll be a month in there that I'll be helping do that transitional process. And so uh, my time is coming to a bit of a, a change, a bit of a close here with you in this particular role as transitional pastor And as I'm doing that, I kind of feel a little bit like John the Baptist. (laughs) You remember, God called John the Baptist uh, not to be the Messiah, but to proclaim the Messiah. To have people say, prepare the way for the Lord. Well, now, uh, there's a passage that speaks to that in John chapter 3. It says, and they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you across the Jordan, that's Jesus, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and everybody's going to him. John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it's given him from above. You yourselves bore me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy mine is now complete. He must increase and I must decrease. And that's the word that's kept coming back to me over and over again in these last weeks uh, that I'm with you as your transitional pastor my job is for me to decrease and for him to increase as we're preparing our hearts and preparing the way for him to come and it's a glorious time that we're going to enjoy together now I know that I'm not John the Baptist and I assure you our new pastor is not going to be Jesus Okay, but I do feel in large measure uh, that, that joyful burden that he had. John had been the center of attention in that area for uh, months and months and months, maybe years, and people were flocking to him. But as his time came to an end uh, and he was lifting up and increasing the Lord Jesus Christ, everybody was going to him. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's okay. It's time for us to fall in love all over again, to fall in love with a new person, and that is key. Now, with that in mind, let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 5 for a moment. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse find 5, verse 17. And Paul is writing there, and he says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor. Not just honor, but double honor. Especially those who labor in preaching and in teaching. Now, let's pray over that. Holy Spirit, this is your word. That you have so taken the unique personality of Paul and his vocabulary and his experiences and then you have pulled out of all of that your word that comes across all of the ages and it touches our heart even right now. So Lord, as we think about how we can give double honor to the man you're sending our way, the one who is going to lead in preaching and teaching and all of the aspects of pastoral leadership, Lord, open our heart to your heart. We want to see and know your heart in this matter. And we thank you for that and pray in Christ's name. Amen. Now, um, what I'm going to share with you are things that the search team uh, may not necessarily share with you. I'm not going to be in trouble, I don't think. But I want to tell you some things about this man's coming, especially if he ends up being our new pastor, that you need to know. And so, you know, hoping I'm walking on some firm ice and not thin ice. I want to step out and do this. I want to tell you some things about this new pastor that's coming. First and foremost, listen to me very carefully. This new man is not me. He's not me. I told you when I first came here, God is not calling me to be the senior pastor of this church again. He's called me to be your transitional pastor. And to do that, my name's out of the out of the uh, bowl from the very beginning. That's not been my calling. My calling is to be your transitional pastor. But here's what I want you to know: You have been so good to me and my wife. You have you have responded so lovingly and well, and uh, you have honored me and such as that. And I want to I want to thank you for that. But here's what I want you to know: Your new pastor is not going to preach like me. He's not going to teach like me. He's not going to lead like me. He's not going to envision the way I envision. Because he's uniquely him. Okay? And so you don't need to think for a moment that he's stepping into my shoes. He's wearing his own shoes. And very good shoes. Uh, He he is his own man. And he's uniquely called and shaped for the ministry that we're stepping into. And so that's okay. That's the way it should be. The new pastor is not going to be me. Secondly, the new pastor is not going to be Brother Andy. I can't honor Brother Andy Childs enough. He did some fabulous things as he led us here over all of those years. And he had his own unique calling that that God called him for that span of time. And used him tremendously during that span of time. But then that time came to an end. And then he called me for a certain span of time. Uniquely anointed and qualified for that. And now that time is coming to an end. And now he's uniquely called a new person to come. And so here's what I want you to do. Let him be himself. He's he's not going to be a brother Fred, he's not going to be a brother Andy. Don't, Don't try to make him into the mold of any pastor that you've ever had. Especially one that you love very dearly. Don't do that. Don't do that. Let him be his own person. And you'll fall in love with the new person that he is. So understand, the new pastor is not me. It's not Andy. And third, the new pastor is not going to be Jesus Christ. And what I mean by that is the Lord God is omniscient. He knows everything. There's nothing he doesn't know. But your new pastor is not going to be that good. All right. he's going to have to learn he is a learner he loves to learn and he wants to learn you he's got to learn our culture he's got to learn our way of doing things he's got to learn us as individuals and how we function and all of those things and so he's not omniscient don't expect him to know it all Okay, he's, he's even going to be struggling to understand who we are to where he can build his vision and anointing on top of that He's not going to be omniscient. Secondly, he's not going to be omnipresent. Don't expect him to be over at your house all the time and at your parties and at your gathering and at your this and at your that and at your other. He can't be in all those places at one time. So he's not going to be the Lord Jesus Christ. Let God be God and let our new pastor be him. And understand it's not going to be me. It's not going to be Andy. He's going to be his unique self. So, a couple of other things I want you to know about him. I want you to know that he's going to need your prayers daily. He's going to need your prayers daily. Listen, he's leaving a great work. He's leaving a place that he's invested his life, and he has seen tremendous response there. But God is calling him to a new season in his life. And and everything about this is going to be new. And so he needs us undergirding him and praying for him daily. He's coming to a whole new setting and into a whole new season of ministry with a whole new group of people in leadership. And this is a daunting task. Listen, I've done this several times, okay? This is no small thing. And he will run off of his prayers, but he will flourish off of yours. And so I want to ask you to covenant with me today. Over the course of these next six months, to every day pray for our new pastor, whoever that is. He has a daunting task in front of him and he needs your prayers. And listen, he knows that each and every one of us have expectations of our new pastor. He knows that. He's not a novice, <laughs> he's not a beginner. He knows we have expectations of him, realistic or not. Listen, he has some great expectations over himself, too. Expectations that may be more than he can accomplish as well. And then he knows the expectations that God has for him to be our shepherd, to be our leader. And so let me tell you, that's an enormous pressure. That's an enormous stressor. You, you need to know that. And you can help that tremendously tremendously by praying for him. So will you do that? Will you covenant with me every day, at least for the next six months, to pray for him by name every day? Let me tell you something else about your new pastor. He needs you to accept and honor his family. He needs you to accept and honor his family. This is a huge transition for them too. You know, it's one thing for God to call a pastor away from one service and into another service. But he is only going to be successful if his family is on board with him in that. And not only on board, but if they're well-received and well-loved and taken care of. His kids, you'll find out more about that later... But his kids are, are leaving an environment where they've got, they've got all their friends. They've, everything is comfortable to them. They know how everything works. School, everything. They, 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 they understand all of that. And they, they're in that routine. But they're coming to a place that's new to them. A schedule that's new to them. People that are new to them. Youth group, children group that is new to them. This is huge. This is huge. And, and you need to understand that this is no small thing for your new pastor. And so this is one of the reasons you want to pray for them. But honor and love that family. And and his his sweet wife. You're going to fall in love with her. Uh, But she's anxious. She's anxious. And when the search team and we, we interviewed the couple together, one of the things she asked was, what are they going to expect of me? You know, there was a time uh, in ministry churches were smaller and pastors had to be ministers of miscellaneous. Well, so did their families. <laughs> and so the wives, they, they uh, played the piano and they led the choir and they were head of the WMU and they cleaned the church on Saturday. I mean, they, all of that, <laughs> you know. Now, that's, that's not the day we live in now. But there are expectations. And she asked the search team, what, what are all these people going to expect of me? Now that particular meeting was an awkward time for, for me and Valeria. We had been in Florida with our family. And so we traveled all the way back to Tacoa to where we could be here for that meeting. And then we were going to go on home. So we were still packed up from, you know, had to stand in the car and in the clothes, okay, when we came back. So Valeria was with us. So I had her back in a corner to where she wouldn't, she don't need to be in the middle of that. She's not on the committee. <laughs> but when the pastor's wife asked that question, after the search team had answered, I said to the team, if it's with your permission, I'd like to take a moment after this is over to take her back and let her ask that question of my wife. Because she's rather an authority of what Ebenezer expects of the pastor's wife. <laughs> and so after it was over, you know, I took her back and introduced her to Valeria. And uh, she said, What are they going to expect of me? And having lived that for so many years here, she said, oh dear, you don't have anything to worry about whatsoever. You just come and be the helpmate to your husband. You come with your unique gifts and talents and you find the niche that works just right for you and it's going to be fine. But let me tell you something. It's an anxiety of time. It's, It's an anxious time. But let me tell you something else about your new pastor. If you love his family, you're going to have a friend for life. If you honor them and care for them, you're going to have a friend for life. And this is something that he needs as he's making this transition. Let me tell you something else he needs about your new pastor. Something else about him. Every time you meet him, tell him your name and something about you. Okay, Something that he can help remember you. You know, that's, that's important to him. Now, I want you to promise me to do that for six months. That every time you meet him, you're going to say, Hey, I'm Kevin. Shake his hand. Tell him something about you. If your name's not Kevin, use your own name. (laughs) Now, he's pretty quick. But you keep doing that until he says, I know you're Kevin. That's okay. I got you covered. Okay. Do that for the first six months. This is huge. There there is only one of him, but there's a gazillion of you. And trying to match names with occupations and what you do in church and all the rest of those things, it's a daunting task. He is a highly relational individual. He wants to get to know you. He wants to know as much as he can about you, but you got to help him with this. And so don't expect him, after the first time he's you've introduced yourself or whatever the case may be, to necessarily call you by name later. Now, if you come up to him to shake his hand and you pour coffee on over him, he will probably remember your name from then on. Okay. But I I suggest you do something a little less than that. Okay? Let me tell you something about about your new pastor. He needs you to allow him to dream the dreams God gives him. And to have the vision that God gives him for our church. And he had wonderful visions for our church. And we saw a lot of those come true. And what God does, when He calls a pastor, even a transitional pastor like me, He he gives them dreams and visions of a better tomorrow. And that happened to me when I came here. There was a lot of things that needed to be handled with some TLC, and some some things were rather difficult to wade through. And there were some things that needed to be invented, and other things needed to be reinvented. But God gave me that vision, and you trusted me enough to follow me in that. And we've accomplished so much in such a short period of time. God has, God has just been incredible with that. But it's because that's what God does with his leaders. That's what he does with his pastors. As he gets to know us and knows our culture and get to, used to the way we do things and who we are and such, he's going to begin to have visions and dreams of better tomorrows. And I, let me just tell you, I can't wait to see where God's going to take this church under that leadership. But He needs for you to allow Him to have those. Don't expect Him to dream my dreams. Don't expect Him to fulfill Andy's visions. That, that's not who He is. That's not what He is. He is called uniquely for this time and the future before us. Let me tell you something else about our new pastor. He needs for us to encourage Him every day. Nobody in the room... Knows the stress and pressure that a pastor is under like I do. On any given day he'll make 50 to 100 decisions that will impact his future your future the future of this church and relationships for years to come. Your expectations of him are paramount and he'll wake up every morning with a weight on his shoulders to be the man of God in this place for this time. And I want you to know that is a daunting task. That is a huge, huge task. And so you need to under encourage Him every day. Every time you see Him, you need to encourage Him. It is so important. Now, I, I, my mind, last night when I was going to sleep, I was, I was thinking uh, about Exodus. And remember in Exodus that Moses led the children of Israel into a battle against the Amalekites? And it was a fierce battle. Joshua was actually the commander leading the battle. But Moses was up on the side of the hill, remember? And as he was raising his hands and worshiping and praising God, then the battle went the way for the children of Israel. But as he grew weary and tired and as his arms drooped, then the Amalekites began to win. And so remember Aaron and Hur, they came and and they rolled a rock up there for him to sit on. And one of them got on one side and held up his arm. The other one got on the other side and held up this arm. And it says Joshua won that battle because Moses had people to hold up his arms in praise and worship. As the battle went his way. Be on that team. Be one of those who encourages your new pastor. I mean, folks, encouragement goes such a long, long way. Maybe you haven't realized this yet, but even an old cur dog likes a pat on the head every now and then. It goes a long, long way. There's a man in the Bible that is not known by his name, but is known by his nickname. His nickname was Barnabas. Bar means the son of. Nabas means to encourage. He was the son of encouragement. And this is who he was. He encouraged Mark, who would later write the Gospel of Mark. He encouraged Paul and Silas. He encouraged the church. Wouldn't it be amazing if you weren't known so much by your name, Steve, As the ministry God gave you, the evangelist, the encourager, get on that team and stay on that bandwagon and let nothing knock you off. Tell you something else about your new pastor. He needs us to be united and harmonious as he comes into us. Now I say that knowing that we're all very distinctively different people. We all have different preferences, likes and dislikes. We've all got their own idea of what the new pastor ought to be like and what he ought to do next right away. (laughs) We've all got those things. I mean, let's go ahead and admit that. That's reality. We are all very different, but we're all very alike. And the rallying point that we can all rally around, the post that we can all rally around, is a calling God has placed on our church that we exist to glorify God by attracting and winning people to faith in Jesus Christ by nurturing them in our Christian family, growing them up to Christ-like maturity and involving them in meaningful ministry that's why we're here That's, that's, that's our reason for being and we can rally around that flag and be united with our new pastor he needs that he needs that And you've rallied around me. You've rallied around direction I've given. I know you have that in you. Let's do that for our new pastor. Tell you something else about him. He needs you to accept and honor him. He needs you to accept and honor him. I want to thank you for the way you've accepted me and my sweet bride. And the way you have honored us in so many, many ways. We will always have a heart for everything that goes on here at Ebenezer. But that same welcoming heart, that same honoring and devotion, I encourage you to just go ahead now and make up your mind that you're going to fall in love with Him the way you've loved me and you've loved Andy and others before. Just go ahead and make up your mind about that now. Because God calls us to do that. He calls us to love and honor our shepherds. That they're worthy of not just honor but double honor. Because they're before us, preaching and teaching the word, leading us in our Christ-likeness. And this is the goal that I want to put before you. This is what he needs. Finally, I want to say this, or almost finally. Your pastor needs you to volunteer for whatever his hopes and dreams are. Whatever it is God puts on his heart, you need to be the first one to volunteer, I'll do that. Now, he's not going to walk in the door doing that. He's going to walk in the door wanting to get to know us. What's been driving us? What's our heartbeat? What's our DNA like? All of the things that, that have to do with our uniqueness because what, he's, what God's doing, he's going, to be, he's going to be weaving him and us together, you see? And that's going to take a little time. But as he does that, don't let him stand out there by himself. Have, him, have you, you make up your mind right now. And here's what I want you to say every time, you, every time you're saying, Pastor, what can I do to help you? What can I pray with you about? Pastor, how can I, how can I be engaged with what you're doing here at the church? Let, let those words flow out of your mouth. And then follow them up with something that you do. Help him be engaged in what it is God's called us uniquely to do here. And, and you're know, overwhelming with volunteerism. And this is something that's growing in our church family. The desire to volunteer and to be engaged in what's happening in the life of our church. This is something that's growing. Uh, this pot's been simmering, but it started boiling over the last six or eight months. And I praise God for what he's doing in the midst of that. From, from, from young people all the way up to senior adults. How can I be involved? Have you thought about this ministry? Have you thought? God's doing some phenomenal things, and he's preparing us for the future that he has for us one last thing I want to share this is our pastors greatest need and the greatest thing you can do for him recommit your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ submit to him in all that he has for you to do let him be the sovereign Lord of your life And then you have a servant heart to present to the servant God is calling here to lead us. That's the greatest gift you can give him. That's the best thing you can do in his deepest need. And so I want you to join me right now and I want us to pray for this process. There's things going to be going on all the week. We'll let you know about opportunities for you to find out about him. But I want us to bathe this again in prayer. You cannot pray too much about this. So let's go to the Lord together. Father, as we come into your presence, I want to thank you right off for the wonderful privilege I've had to come back home to be a part of a very special season in the life of Ebenezer. I want to thank you for the joy of working with our search team. And Father, I want to thank you specifically for the way you've guided them and this man that you have guided them to. Now Lord, what remains for us to do is to get on our face before you this week. Every day be praying for wisdom and guidance that you would put on our heart. Is this God's man for us? Because we're going to have to make that decision next Sunday. And we can't do that based on our emotions or based on how he parts his hair. We've got to do that based on your leadership, Holy Spirit. So we ask you to govern every part of this time together. And we make that our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.